God, just lead and guide this conversation today that you would just have your hand over me and that I would speak the words that you want to be spoken and to encourage your people. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. I've been thinking a lot about Matthew 6. And if you know Matthew 6, it says this. It says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I think we have lost the magnitude of closing the door and praying in secret. I've been noticing this thing where we've taken what God has done in the midst of the secret place and then shown our own light onto it. Like told the world about, okay, this is what happened to me when I was with God and alone. But I I really want you to understand this. When it comes to relationships, right, you're not sharing every nitty gritty detail with all of your friends. Do you want to know why? Because there's a sacredness, there is a loyalty, there's a trustworthiness that happens when you allow what happens between you and another to stay there. And I think with God, we have unbalanced ourselves to think that we can just share it all and that he's going to anoint everything we share. But I think what actually happens, this is actually what I believe works. You go to the secret place with him. You dwell with him. You spend your time with him. And then he does a good work in you. And you never talk about that good work that happened because it manifests through. People, people who love Jesus with their whole heart could walk into a room and never say a word, but everybody will know something is different about them. Why? Because he has done a good work in them. I think a lot of times we think we need to tell people about the good work that God has done. Actually, you don't. Actually, when it's a good and fruitful work, people can see it. It always bears something good. I just think this idea that we have to tell people about what God is doing in our lives all the time is interesting. Like I, I, I'm not saying like don't share with each other, don't don't talk about the goodness of God in your life. But I'm just saying when we take everything, and we blast it, I think we've lost the sacredness of being alone with Him. That's just me personally, because there are things that have happened between me and God. That I'm not the woman that I am today without those moments, but I haven't talked to people like on a stage about them. Have I talked to people in my inner circle? Yeah, but it's like two or three people. I haven't broadcasted it for everybody to know it. And I think like at a certain level, we kind of lose, I don't want to say accountability, but respectability in the eyes of God. I can even define it down to this too. I'm somebody that walks into prophetic anointing. I, it's just, I don't even remember when it happened. I think it was in college or something. Like I've just always felt like I would see people and I would just like get words, but I couldn't put words to it, like how that's happening until I had a mentor come in and just explain and break that down and like cult, help me cultivate that. But I walk into prophetic anointing to where the Holy Spirit will tell me things and It's not always for right now. It's not always to be shared with that person immediately. There's been a lot of moments where the Holy Spirit has given me a word and he said, do not say a word. Don't say anything. Just let it be. There was this one moment where 
my brother-in-law had bought this truck and after like a month it had all these engine issues and he had taken it to a mechanic before he even bought it to like get it checked and they were like oh everything's fine and then like later on found out like actually this truck is terrible and I remember he was just like so stressed out and we were in the midst of leading this prayer this 30 days of prayer and it was me and my sister and my brother-in-law that were leading this and so every single night we were at our church every single night for three to four hours leading this prayer and he's like stressed out we're all stressed out because he's stressed out about this and I remember um, I'm in the back of the room and the Holy Spirit goes I'm gonna give him a new truck don't tell him but I'm gonna give him a new truck and I said okay and I, and I went and I prayed into that and I just began to speak like blessings over him and praying over their family and all these things. Two weeks later, somebody comes up to him and gives him the keys to a new truck. And I remember I got a phone call and it's my sister and she's like, oh my gosh, somebody gave Nate a truck. And I go, yeah, I know. And she goes, what do you mean you know? How do you know that? And I said, the Holy Spirit told me like two weeks ago that he was going to get a new truck. I just couldn't say anything. And she's like losing it she's like what (laughs) like I was like yeah but this has happened multiple times where the Holy Spirit has told me okay this is what's going on this is this is what I'm going to do for that person but don't say anything I think when we we get to this place where we need to share every single prophetic word we've lost the respectability and the anointing that God has given us here's why I mean that there are things that God doesn't want you to reveal to everybody I think this idea that every single day we get on an app and share a word and say that it's for everyone is wild to me. I think this idea that we give prophetic words, but we don't clue into who it's for is wild to me. And do you want to know why I think it's wild? Because I really believe that God is a God of intentionality. And if you don't think so, look at how he created the earth. Go read Genesis. If you don't think he's intentional, look at the line of Jesus. Look at it. Like, there is an intentionality in the things that he does. And when it comes to prophetic gifting, I don't think it stops there. I think he's very intentional with the words he gives. It always will be scripturally sound. He's never going against himself, never contradicting. But he's always giving it to the right person. Do you think he randomly was just like, okay, Moses, I'm going to burn this bush over here. No, he chose Moses. He had a plan. When he said, I, form, I knew you before I formed you in the womb, he has a plan. And so when it comes to the prophetic and listening to people's words and people that are giving prophetic words, I would say this. This is a word of warning. I wouldn't listen to prophetic words where that's their whole identity, where that's the only thing they preach. That's the only thing they do. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about just like every once in a while, right? I'm talking about consistently day to day, giving three to five words a day. That's crazy. I think that there is a level to get to there, yeah. But I also believe that I'm like, there's no, I've seen it multiple times. There's no intentionality in it. It's just a throw out and whoever wants it can have it. That's not Jesus. That's not it. I truly do believe that, yes, his, 
His word is for everybody. He died on the cross for everyone. But I also believe that he's very intentional. When he was healing people on the earth, Jesus was very intentional. When God was creating things, very intentional. Holy Spirit, very intentional. I'm just kind of, I'm watching people get hurt by people saying they have prophetic words for people that actually aren't for them. And then those people getting hung up on them. We got to get intentional. We got to allow what is sacred to stay sacred. And we got to obey at another level. Our obedience is what will bring revival. Our obedience. And that's hard for a lot of people. I'm just saying, closing the door. I just went on a tangent for a very long time, but I don't know. I believe that God is only able to use as much as you are willing to lay on the altar. So when we say, God, I give you my whole heart, and we hold things back, he can't step into that until you lay it there. How do I know? Because he's a God of free will. He's waiting for you to give. Freely you have freely he has given and freely you have received. He's waiting for you to give. And it's not out of his innate need to control, it's out of love. I can't get filled up with more of him if I have things that I have held from him that are holding deep wells in my heart. I'm just saying, I just think there's a lot of things and I'm like, I think revival came to Asbury because people were willing to lay it all on the altar. I've also thought of this. Everybody's trying to define revival, right? Everybody's trying to give their opinion about what's going on, about what's happening. And I want to say this, it's time for us to lay our opinions on the altar. I haven't made some big opinion about it. I've talked about revival and what it is and what it's looked like in my life, but I haven't broadcasted some big opinion because I don't think it's my job to. I don't think it's my job to define what God is doing on the earth. I think it's my job to engage with what he's doing on the earth. And if it's not him, my spirit will let me know. How do I know that? Because I am set on him, which means my conscience is discerning for him. But I think a lot of people are trying to define it in their own ways, and they're not realizing that they're kind of becoming Pharisees. Like, because it didn't happen the way that you thought, or because it's not happening the way that you want, you've written it off, or you've called it unholy or ungodly, which is kind of wild. Because have you asked God about that, or have you just defined your own opinion? I believe that God brought revival and is bringing it through the next generation because they don't care. Because he's looking for sons and daughters that's eyes are locked on him and will say, I throw off my old ways and I choose you wholeheartedly. I throw off my opinions and the opinions of others to step into your presence for has, however long it takes. I'm just noticing this thing where 
we're very quick to judge instead of being very quick to love. Where we don't have this intentionality of bringing our opinion out of a loving nature, it's just out of our innate need to say something. There's a reason why. (laughs) There's this quote that says, the scariest person in the room is the most quiet person. Why? Because the quiet person is usually observing and trying to understand and listening to everything. I think there are a lot of us that need to be slow to speak. Slow to speak. Because it's killing us. And you know what? For those of you guys that are like, we're going after revival. Keep praying. Keep contending. Keep going. Every revival took years and years and years and years and years of prayer. So keep contending. Keep stoking the flames. Don't worry about what everybody's saying. Don't worry about the world. The world's never going to understand what Jesus has done. Like, let's actually be honest with ourselves. When Jesus walked the earth, the world loved him one moment and then turned their back on him the next moment. Jesus went to his own hometown and they rejected him. So don't give a rip about what anybody else is thinking. Just choose him. Choose his presence. Above all. And don't hold back. I want to tell a lot of you guys that. The Holy Spirit's been teaching me that this lately. I've been holding back because I've felt as though I've just had things that have happened where I'm like, I can't be the fullness of who he's made me to be. So I've just been holding back a little bit. And the Holy Spirit's been like, no, it's time to let go. Like, I am giving people a taste because I am coming. I am giving people a taste so that the ones that were lost in the seasons before will return home to me. I am giving them a taste and then I will unleash. And so for those of you guys that are like, I'm going to hold back a little bit. No. Go taste and see that he is good and then go spread that love around the earth. Just because revival has come doesn't mean that we don't stop making disciples and spreading the gospel. Go unleash what has been brought and what has happened inside of you. Go unleash it. This is not for all of you. This is for a few. There are some of you guys that are holding back right now. There are some of you guys that know that you're meant to preach. There are some of you guys that know that you're meant to write songs. There are some of you guys that know that you're meant to steward the next generation. And you're holding it back. And he's going, today is not the day. It is not the hour to hold back anymore. It is the hour to unleash what I have built inside of you. There have been some of you guys that have walked in desert seasons and had people hurt you. And so now you're like, I, don't, I can't unleash it because everybody gets weird. It, it gets uncomfortable. No, let it go. Go walk in the fullness of who he's made you to be. And if somebody tries to come for you about it, send them my way. That you're walking in the identity of who he's made you to be, I tell my youth students that all the time. Send them my way. Somebody says one word to you about you loving Jesus, send them my way. There's been many a moment in our youth ministry where I've literally had to look a kid in the eye and go, you're making fun of them because they love Jesus? Wow. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? Do you know who loves you? Because if you did, you wouldn't make fun of the love that they know. So, Just unleash. 
Stop worrying about the people next to you. And there are some of you guys, which is really funny because I just talked about prophetic words. The Holy Spirit just told me this. There are sons and daughters and you're in high school right now and you feel this pull to start prayer groups in your school. It's prayer and worship. Yeah. And and you're really scared and you don't know what to do or how to make this happen. And God's saying, hey, if you just step in this simple obedience with me, I will unveil every single thing you need. I will supply every single thing that you need. I will bring the people to help you. But would you walk in obedience with me? Would you say yes? Would you say yes in your heart before your head, even though it doesn't make sense? Would you say yes? It's time to let it out. It's time to unleash. Man, that word about prayer groups in schools, that is... That is very specific. And if that's you, I literally want you to hit me up. Like, that's very, very specific. He's doing something in this day. And he's looking for young people who are willing to say yes to it. All right. I'm going to pray for you, actually. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for those of you guys that are feeling like you need to start the prayer groups. I'm going to pray over you. Dear God, I just pray over your sons and daughters that you have called to step into deeper relationship, but also step into the public pronouncing of your love of Jesus. God, I just thank you for their hearts that are surrendered on the altar for their yeses, God. I pray that those that are a little timid or scared would courage begin to arise in their spirit right now. God, would you bring people alongside of them to encourage and help them run this race beautifully? God, I thank you for strategies that you're giving them and for doors that you are opening, that as they walk into their schools to have these conversations or these meetings, that you would be with them and they would know that you are with them. That it wouldn't just be this, oh yeah, God's with me, but it would be a, you actually can feel his presence as you walk forward in this. God, I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their integrity, God, and I thank you for the identity that they have found in you as sons and daughters, the love that they have found in you as sons and daughters. I thank you that that love is overflowing to love others well now, to love their campus as well. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are so holy and so good in this hour. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. If that's you and you're like, yo, I want to start a prayer ministry on my campus, but I don't know what to do, literally hit me up because I know people that can help you. I know people that can help you. So that's all I got. Deuces.